All right, so both say good morning. Good morning. Sorry for the few moment delay. Let us begin. We have a beautiful, beautiful daf ahead of us today. Begin by thanking our sponsors. To thank our Talmud Torah sponsors for the month of Av. To thank Paul and Kathy Pollock for dedicating all the Shimon Drushos this month in honor of their grandchildren. Tikva Esther, Simcha, Vigayal, Melana, Melisenta. May they grow to become the best version of themselves. The Daf Yomi Shir and the for Yehuda ben Michal. We hope that in the merit of our Talmud Torah, he together with Kol Cholais will have a complete and enduring refuah. And our week of learning sponsors, Bill and Rezi Eskin, Zeich Nishmas, Bill's father, Mordechai ben David, and Rezi's mother, Tzivya Bas Moshe Aaron, with Merit Hashem, the Nisham Shehav and Aliyah, and the families, Ein Nechama. And once again, the Shir Chavra for dedicating the week of learning in the Schusifer of Refuah Shalima. For Yehuda ben Michal. Mostly with that, let us begin. We have a beautiful, like I said, we have a beautiful daf ahead of us today. Today's daf is daf Lamik. Some interesting sugis ahead of us. We are picking up on Chavtesim and base 29b, 10 lines up from the bottom. So the Yemarim, So just to reorient ourselves a bit, we started a new parak yesterday and we are in the topic of Kinas, the penalty payment in a situation where a man violates a woman. So remember again, the Mishnah pointed out the interesting novelty, excuse me, the din of kinas applies even if what? Even if we're talking about a situation with whom a with a woman whom a man is not permitted to marry. So the Mishnah went through a series of different examples of these types of women. So remember again, we ended off yesterday, or I should say the last sugya that we did yesterday was the Gemara statement, Ula Afuki Mehaitana. The Gemara said that our Mishnah was coming to exclude the position of the following Tana. Which Tana? So the Gemara says, ultimately, again, the Pasik discarded, the Gemara quoted the Pasik, below Sihiyali Isha. So the Gemara quoted the Pasik that said that if a man violates a woman, he is obligated to go ahead and marry her. So remember, again, we had a machlokis, just, just to reorient a bit, we had a machlokis in Shimon Hatimni, or Shimon Hatimani, and Rabbi Shimon ben Menasya. So Shimon HaTimani said that it has to be Isha Sheyesh Bahavia, a woman literally again who a man is capable of marrying. Rabbi Manasya said Isha Haruya Lekaima, a woman who a man could remain married to. So the Gemara gave a whole bunch of nafkaminos, and now with that, Rab to Rabbi Akiva, Damra in Kiddushin Tovsin the Chavi Lavin, according to Rabbi Akiva, who said. That Kiddushin doesn't take effect with Chai Lav. And I both remember again, this is the unique position of Rabbi Akiva. Whereas everyone else holds that in general, Kiddushin takes effect with Chai Lav. A woman who is prohibited to you by a Lav, Rabbi Akiva says it does not. So according to Rabbi Akiva, also in Kiddushin, then what would be the Nafkamina between Shimon Ateimani and, and Rabbi Shimon ben Menasya? Right? What would be the Nafkamina? The nafkamina between them would be the case of an almana who marries a coin gadol, or in this case, an almana is violated by a coin gadol, right? According to Rabbi Simai. Now, what, what, what did Rabbi Simai say? This Sanya, here we go. What's the first? I'll take a look at Rashi for just a moment. Almana the coin gadol. It's about uh, six lines up from the Malam of Rashi. Now, what's unique about this case about an almana to a coin gadol? Leave aside the case of Ones for just a moment. 
in general, in general, there's something unique about the case of an Amona marrying a Kohen Gadol. Namely, what Rashi says, so it's actually quite interesting. So the Gemara says like this. The Gemara says that whereas we just said before that normally according to Rabbi, according to Rabbi Akiva, Kiddushin is not tov sin lavin. There's one interesting exception to this rule, and that's the case of a Kohen who marries at whom? Excuse me, a, an almana who a kohen gadol who marries an almana. That's the exception to the rule. Even though that is halacha lamaisa, a love, even Rabbi Akiva agrees that kiddushin is tovsin. What's the case? Here we go. The sanyo Rabbi Simayom, Rabbi Simayom says min hakol also Rabbi Akiva mamzerin. In general, Rabbi Akiva says that if you have a case of a marriage that's punishable by a love. So Rabbi Akiva will say that such a union produces mamzerin. Chutz There's an exception to this rule, and the exception to that rule is if a coin marries a coin marries a coin gadol marries an almana. Why? Shaharit Amra Torah, because the Torah itself says by such a union, lo yikach velo yichalal. The pasuk says he may not marry her, and he should not profane his offspring. What do you see from that? Says Rabbi Simoi. Halachamais, what do you see from that? The Torah itself says, what does that union produce? That union produces halalin and not mamzerin. So I just want to point out something very interesting here. So halacha so Rabbi Akiva, who normally holds that a union with an Israelite produces mamzerin, holds that there is one exception to this rule. The exception of an Amana to a Kohen Gadol, where Halacha Lema Rabbi Akiva will say, the marriage works, the marriage works, but ultimately produces Chalolin. Abbas, remember again, what's a Chalol? A Chalol is a Kohen who essentially has an impacted status. He's not really a Kohen, he's a Chalol, therefore again, kind of has certain restrictions of the Kohuna, but does not enjoy the rights of the Kohuna. So therefore, Abbas, with the just to come full circle, what the Gemara is suggesting is, this would be a case of a nafkamina between Shimon HaTimni and Rabbi Shimba Menasya. Because according to Shimon HaTimni, even according to Rabbi Akiva, a coin gadol can marry an Amana, albeit produce Chalolin. But according to Rabbi Shimon Menasya, this is not a marriage which is capable of enduring. In other words, the marriage could work, but it's not a marriage which could be sustained. Incredible. So the Gemara says, Well, Rabbi Shavik the Amar, Bo Unitzavach Ara Akiva ben Yosef, so I will say, so now, okay, so let's transition a little bit over here. According to Rabbi Yishavev, right? Rabbi Yishavev said, we have to yell at Rabbi Akiva. Why should we yell at Rabbi Akiva? By the way, it's also interesting, bless you, it's also interesting that they refer to Rabbi Akiva, not as Rabbi Akiva, but as Akiva ben Yosef. It's almost as if they're not calling him Rabbi Akiva out of a sense of displeasure with him. We have to come and yell at Akiva ben Yosef. Why? What did Akiva ben Yosef do wrong? Rabbi Akiva holds that essentially anyone whom you're not allowed to have relations with, if you have relations with them and have offspring, that offspring is a mamzer. Now, why do we have to yell at Rabbi Akiva? So Rashi says over here, Shemarbe Mamzerim Bisrael Chinam. Because he is causing the proliferation of Mamzerim 
for absolutely no reason. In other words, if you think about it, we've discussed this sheet before because we've referenced it many times in Yavamas. It is a it is a very strong position to hold that every single time there's an Isra Lav, Halakha Lamaisa again, that results in Mamzerus. That's a pretty that's a pretty overwhelming thing. So therefore again Rabbi Yeshavev says we have to yell at Rabbi Akiva. Now we'll say the reason the Gemara is bringing this up is according to Rabbi Yeshavev, Rabbi Yeshavev does not hold of the exception of Rabbi Simai. In other words, let's go back for just a moment. Rabbi Simai says that according to Rabbi Akiva, as much as Rabbi Akiva's position is, any Israelav creates Mamzerim, there's an exception to the rule. What's the exception to the rule? Right? Amana and a coin goggle. Why? It's a drush on the Pasek, Velo It only produces Chalol and not Mamzerim. According to, according to Rabbi Yeshavev, he rejects that. And he holds that according to Rabbi Akiva, any woman whom you're not allowed to have relations with produces mamzerim, which is wild, which is wild. So every prohibited relationship, by definition, produces mamzerim. Apparently, even Almanat to coin Gadol. So according to that position, ultimately, again, my benai, I'll say, once again, we're just trying to figure out a nafkamina between the positions of Shimon Hatimni and Rabbi Shimon ben Menasya. So according to this approach, what would be the nafkamina? To which the Lord says, Ika benayo, top of lamid, top of lamid of an aleph, chayde asay, mitzri ve'edomi. Oh, interesting, interesting nafkamina would be able to say, what about if you have a relationship, a relationship that is only prohibited or only has an iser asay? In other words, there's a positive commandment about the relationship. What's a good example about this? A mitzri and an adomi. Rashi says over here, Chai ve'asei mitzri ve'adomi, b'soch shlosha doros t'chsiv, dar shlishi yavolahem. So what says is interesting. If you have an Egyptian, an Egyptian convert or an Edomite convert, what's talacha? For the first three generations, they're not supposed to marry into the normal marriage pool. Right? So the Torah phrases it as, dar shlishi yavol. The third generation is permitted to enter in. So we'll say this is what's called a lav habo michlal ase, a prohibition which is gleaned through a positive commandment. In other words, there's no prohibition. There's just a positive commandment that says the third generation should marry into the Jewish people. So what do you see from such a statement like that? What do you see from such a statement? That the first two generations should not. So we'll say, interestingly enough, a union like this, so let's say somebody were to marry a uh, first-generation Edomite convert. So according to Rabbi Akiva, that would not produce Mamzerim because there's no love. So this would be a good nafkamina between Shimon HaTimni and Shimon Menasya. According to Shimon HaTimni, such a union can, can be affected. You can marry such a woman like this. But according to Shimon Menasya, ultimately what? Such a union cannot be sustained. So this makes sense, especially if he's coming to go ahead and reject the position of Rabbi Simai. This makes sense. But at the end of the day, Rabbi Yishavev is just coming to advance his own opinion. His own opinion. So, so then I will say, if that's the case, then maybe the phrase, the phrase of any woman with whom you're not permitted to have relations with produces a mamzer. Whereas Rabbi say such a statement like that could be inclusive of what? Even Maybe it comes to include even a situation like a mitzri and a domi convert first or second generation. 
To which the Gemara says, if that's the case, my benaihu. Then once again, what would be the nafkamina between Shimon Atimni and Rabbi Shimon ben Menasya? Ike benaihu buula lekoin gadol. This is interesting. So I say, so an interesting nafkamina might be a koin gadol who doesn't marry a besula, or or better stated, a koin gadol who marries a buula. That could be that could be a fundamental nafkamina as well. How so? I say. So remember again, a kohen gadol who marries a buula. So maishna to habile asay sheino shave bakol. So I say this is interesting. So remember again, a kohen gadol has to marry a besula, right? How do we know this? Because the Torah says vihu isha bivsula hayikach. Once again, it's a positive commandment to marry a besula. To marry a besula. So what happens if he marries a ba'ula, a woman who's not a basula? So he's in violation of a positive commandment. But yet, I will say, interestingly enough, this is very interesting, that this is an asay she'eno shava bakol, which means it is a positive commandment that does not apply to everyone. Who does it apply to? Only a coin of Now look at Rashi for just a moment. Umayshna, hai asay, nishar asay, the modi rabbi Akiva. Now I say, going back for just a moment. So this would be another good example of an assay that Rabbi Akiva, this would be, let me see differently. This would be another situation of a relationship where even Rabbi Akiva agrees does not produce mamzerim, right? Why doesn't such a relationship produce mamzerim? Number one, because halacha ma'is, it's an assay. Number two, it's also further unique. What's also unique about it? It's an assay that is not shava bakal. It's an assay that is only, right, only applies to a coin level. So Rashi, take a look at Rashi. Why is this? Why is this case unique? Rashi says, "To have the assertion of Shabbat Bakal she'ino noeg ella b'kain gadol." So I'll say this is so. It's almost like there's two unique aspects here. Number one, it's an assay. Number two, it's an assay that only applies to a coin gadol. Rashi says, "Aval assay demitzvi ve'adomi noeg b'chol akal." So I'll say contrast this with, let's say, the assay that says you're only allowed to marry a third generation Edomite or, or, or Egyptian convert. That's an assay that applies to who? Applies to who? Applies to everyone. So it's just interesting. So again, just further kind of splicing the positions of Rabbi Akiva. Okay. Amr Abchista. So we'll say, so that's the end of that sugya. So that's the end of that sugya. So again, j- just to point out over here, the unique aspect we have in the Mishnah is that even though there are situations where halacha lamaisa, again, our Mishnah has the idea that one will be chayyeh for violating a woman, even if it's a woman who what? Who what? You cannot marry. And all the Gemara just did right now is pointing out our Mishnah is not in alignment with every single opinion. Because there is a school of thought that says that Velo Sihiya teaches me that only a woman who a person, who a man could marry, does he have an obligation to go ahead and pay the knas, pay the penalty payment, if he violates her. And we had two different opinions of that. Shimon Atimni, Rabbi Shimon ben Menasya. Shimon Atimni said that only a woman with whom you could affect Kiddushin, if you violate her, do you pay knas. Rabbi Shimon ben Menasya said, only a woman with whom you could have a sustained marriage, if you violate her, do you pay the knas. This whole sugya we did, we're just trying to figure out difference, nafkaminas, practical differences between their two opinions. 
The interesting part was we're trying to figure out the practical differences between their opinions, but what? Their opinions actually are not reflected in the Mishnah, right? These are the, these, these are the two opinions with whom the Mishnah does not align. Because according to Rishimon Atimni, Rishimon Atimni and Rishimon Menasya, for example, if a man violates a mamzeras, is he chayiv to pay the knas? No. Why? Because according to Shimon Atimni, you can't marry a mamzeras, right? According, well, I, I should take that back. In other words, technically, you can marry her. It depends on how you hold in Shimon Atimni with Rabbi Akiva. According to Shimon Menasya, so let's say according to Shimon Atimni, you would pay the knas, because halacha lamaisa, technically, you could affect Kiddushin with a mamzeras. According to Shimon Menasya, it's an unsustainable marriage, therefore, no knas. Okay. But bottom line is, these opinions are not really reflected in our Mishnah. Our Mishnah goes with the school of thought that even if you technically can't marry someone, either can't marry them because of Rabbi Akiva's position or an Israelab, halacha lamaisi, you're still chayiv for kinas. Good. That closes that out. Amar Avchista. Hakom oldin mebal shemeshalim kinas. We'll say, this is an interesting case. Everyone agrees that if a man violates a woman who is a nida, there is still a knas, there is still a penalty payment. Why? Because according to Shimon Atimni, who says that ultimately again you have to be able to marry her, they will say you can marry a woman who's in Nida. According to the opinion it says, which is Shimon Manasya, that it has to be a sustainable marriage. Ultimately, again, marrying a Nida is a sustainable marriage as well. I will say, Baharaya. Right, the man's wife becomes a nida. The marriage doesn't suddenly become unsustainable. See, either way, the marriage would work, and therefore, Allah if he violates a woman who is a nida, there is a knas. But I will say this is fascinating, and this is going to open up our next sugya, our Mishnah, our Mishnah. So I will say now we're, we're we're switching gears a little bit. So remember again, the last part of the Mishnah brought up a very interesting case. Last case of the Mishnah was haba ala choso. Let's say a man goes ahead and violates Chas his sister, or all of these other erva situations. So remember again, what did the Mishnah say? Yesh lahem kinas. Yesh lahem What was the common denominator amongst all of the Arayas relationships at the end of the Mishnah? They're all punishable by kares. So what was the Chiddush of the Mishnah? The Chiddush of the Mishnah was that halacha lamaisa, we hold to the concept of kimle bidurabamine, which is, when you perform an act which generates dual liability, a death sentence, a death sentence, and financial liability, we dispense with the financial liability in the face of the death sentence. You get the more severe punishment. The Chiddush of the Mishnah was that that din only applies to death in the hands of a human court, right? Death by a based din. But if you have kares, which is Bidei Shemayim, we don't go ahead and impose that concept of Kimle Bidurabamine, that you only get the more severe punishment, rather, you get Kares, and what? In this case, you'll also pay the fine. So therefore, if a man violates his sister, even though what he did is punishable by Kares, Halach HaLamaisi, he's still subject to the fine, to the Knas. So the Gemara says, Our Mishnah does not reflect the view of Rabbi Nechunye Ben Akana. I what does Rabbi Nechunya ben Akana say? Here we go. The Sanya Rabbi Nechunya ben Akana haya oses yom kippurim kishabes letashlumin. This is fascinating. Nechunya ben Akana said yom kippur is just like Shabbos when it comes to repayment. I will say what does that mean? 
Take a look at Rashi. As Yom Kippur on the Shabbos, Liftor Hamadli Kesagadish Yom Kippurim Kilo Hidliko B'Shabbos. What does this mean? Mashabbos Mischayi B'Nafsho Pataminat Hashlomin At Yom Kippurim Mischayi B'Nafsho Pataminat Hashlomin. So we'll say. Remember again, I mentioned this yesterday's daf as well. Let's say a person goes ahead, right? Reuven Reuven goes over to Shimon's field and he he goes ahead and he lights a fire in Shimon's field, burning down Shimon's field. Totally burns down Shimon's field. So I will say, so now, what's the halacha? So remember again, when he burns down Shimon's field, there's two things that happen. Number one, he's damaged Shimon's field because he's burned down a field. So there's damages. What else has he done? What else has he done? He's been Mechal Shabbos. He lit a fire. So I will say, now listen to this. So what's the halacha? What's the halacha? Kim le'in Since he's going to be executed for Shabbos violation, Therefore, again, he's quote-unquote exempted from financial liability. Shabbat Nechunya says the same way that on Shabbos, because there's capital liability, you're exempted from financial liability, so too by Yom Kippur. If he burns down, Reuven burns down Shimon's field on Yom Kippur, since he's subject to capital liability, he's exempt from financial liability. And I will say, what's the punishment for being Mechalo Yom Kippur? Yom Kippur? Kares. Kares. So what do you see, Rabbi, what do you see that Rabbi Nechunya ben Akana says? What do you see from here? He holds that the din of Kimlei Bidurabamine applies by Kares as well, which obviously is not reflected in our Mishnah. So for example, Rabbi Nechunya ben Akana would say, if a man violates his sister, what's the halacha? What's the halacha? Ultimately, again, he's not subject to the knas. Why? Because since he's subject to Kares, even when it comes to Kharis, we say Kimle Bidurabamine. By the way, that phrase means Kimle apply to him Bidurabamine, the stronger of the or the more severe of the two punishments. That's what the phrase itself means. So the Gemara says, so also, it's incredible. So I just want to point out, just want to point out that again, Rabbi Nechunye ben Akana is interesting. Rabbi Nechunye, everybody accepts the premise, or I should say, everybody accepts the concept of Kimle Bidrabamine, that when you perform an act which generates dual liability, we impose upon you the more severe of the two liabilities, the more severe of the two punishments. It's just our Mishnah holds that only applies to punishments uh, administered by a court, by a Beisdin. So therefore it doesn't apply to Kares, which is administered by the Ribbon Shalolo. Rabbi Nechunye ben Akana says, Kimle Bidrabamine applies to all punishments, whether they are administered by a human court or they are administered ultimately again by HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So here we go. Why does Rabbi Nechunye Ben Akana hold this way? Right? Where does this come from? Am Rabbi, listen to this. This is great. Well said. Incredible. Yisugyo. Ne'emar ason bidei shamayim. Bidei adam. Ve'ne'emar ason bidei shamayim. So Abayi says like this. It says ason. They will say, what does ason mean? Ason means a tragedy. A tragedy. A tragic event. It says ason bide adam. So it says ason when it comes to something that is caused by the actions of man. And it says ason bide shamayim, something caused by Kodesh Baruch. And I will say, let me just give you the two psukim, right? What's the ason bide adam? So this is at the end of Chomish Bereshis, where again, Yosef is in Mitzrayim, has not revealed his identity to the brothers. Remember again, gives them harsh rebuke. And now, the brothers need to get food. Yosef tells them, I will not give you food unless, of course, you bring who? Binyamin. 
So the brothers say to Yaakov Avinu, we have to take Binyamin. Yaakov's response was, Vayomer, lo yere bini imachem ki achiv meis vuhu levado nishar, ukirahu ason baderech. Yaakov Avinu initially says to his sons, no, Binyamin can't go with you. Binyamin can't go with you because I'm afraid that if I let him go with you, what's going to happen? An ason, a tragedy is going to occur on the road. So both say, now we assume that what is Yaakovin referring to? What type of ason? He was afraid something was going to happen to Binyamin. Some type of tragic event was going to occur to Binyamin. That's ason bide Adam. And it says ason bide Shamayim. Right? What's the ason? What's the ason? Um, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Yes, that, I'm incorrect. That ason, that as, right? ason bide Adam, I will say, is the, I'm sorry is the Pasuk that's talking about two people who are fighting, right? So I will say, this is talking about where two people are fighting, they end up accidentally hitting a pregnant woman, causing her to miscarry, but the woman herself is not killed. So that's Ason Bide Adam. That's Ason Bide Adam. And then it says, Ason Bide Shamayim. That's the case of Yaakov Avinu. Let's go see Yaakov Avinu. Okay, so here we go. Ma'asona amre bide adam patamid hashlumin. So we'll say, just like in a case, just like in a case of ason bide adam, which means I will say, if a person does something and it generates dual liability, a death penalty and capital penalty, a death penalty, sorry, a financial liability, you're exempted from the financial liability in the face of the capital liability. Af ason ha'amr bide shamayim patamid hashlumin. So to Rabbi when it's an ason bide shamayim, in other words, when you do something that generates, that generates liability in the hands of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and financial liability, you'll also be exempted from financial liability. So I will say, this is a fascinating drasha. So what Rabbi Nechonye ben Akon is saying is essentially like this. The word ason, the word ason is used to describe punishments in the hands of man, and ultimately, again, punishment at the hands of heaven. So therefore, again, so therefore, halacha l'mayis, right? Misa, what we call misi bit misa bide adam, misa bide shamayim. So what's interesting though is it's describing misa bide adam about what one person does to another, and misa bide shamayim. That sounds like what Yaakov Avinu is concerned about with Binyamin. So Rabbi ben Akana says, since the same word describes both dynamics, therefore halacha l'mayis, the concept of kimle b'deraba minei will apply to both dynamics as well. So anytime, I, anytime a person does something which generates dual liability, a death penalty and financial liability, whether that death penalty is at the hands of a human court or that death penalty is at the hands of heaven, either way, that death penalty exempts you from what? Financial liability. And therefore, I will say, just to keep our eye on the ball, therefore, again, our Mishnah does not reflect the view of Rabbi Nechonye ben Akana. Because our Mishnah says, for example, if a man violates his sister, Isser Kares, our Mishnah said, he's Chayev in Knas. Why? Because our Mishnah holds, the din of Kimle Bidrabimine only applies to when you are liable to a death penalty at the hands of a human court, not to Kares. To which the Gemara says, Rav Adabar Ava, the Gemara now goes on a tangent. Fascinating tangent. I'm sorry, I skipped. No. 
Dilma al Ari Viganvi Debide Adam Nilhu. Shabbos said, listen to this. Shabbos said, let's take a step back. So now we're saying, let's talk about Yaakov Inu. So Yaakov Inu says to his sons, Binyamin's not going with you. This is incredible Gibaro. Binyamin's not going with you. Right? Why is Binyamin not going with you? Pen, what was the Lushan? Pen, Hula, Ukirahu Ason Baderach. I'm concerned there's going to be an Ason, a tragedy. Now we're saying, Ason in this context means what? Means what? Bide Shamayim. Shabbos said, what's an example of something Bide Shamayim? What's an example of something Bide Shamayim? So the Gemara says, Tzinim Upachin, right? That's true. Tzinim Upachin. Look at Rashi for just a moment. Tzinim Upachin. First white line in Rashi. Kar V'chom. So an example of Bide Shamayim would be, a person gets sick and dies as a result of extreme heat or, an exul- or a result of extreme cold. Right? So a person catches a cold or catches a fever because of heat, because of cold. That's an example. Since, again, the weather is caused by Kaddish Baruch Upachim. Therefore, Misa Shemaim is an example. It's what we call Tzinim Upachim. Sina means cold. Right? Pachim means heat. So because of heat, because of cold, a person gets sick, a person dies. What would be an example? Right, right. So I will say that's called... Um, I'm sorry. So what... Let me go back. So mimai tichi kamaser lehu Yaakov lebnei atzinim upach and dibidei shemayim nenu dilma ari veganvi dibidei adam. They will say. So so now you're telling me that Yaakov Inu says to his sons, Binyamin can't go with you. Why can't Binyamin go with you? I'm afraid that he's going to die a misa bidei shemayim. What's an example of misa bidei shemayim? Cold, hot. He's going to catch a fever. He's going to get sick. Maybe Yaakov Inu was warning was warning his kids. I don't want Binyamin to go with you. Why? Because I'm scared of Misa Bide Adam. Now, I'll say, what's an example of Misa Bide Adam? Aryeh, a lion attack, or Ganvi, or Ganvi, right? Thieves, robbers. Now, I'll say, what's interesting is according to this definition of Misa Bide Adam, Misa Bide Adam doesn't necessarily have to mean death at the hands of another person. What does Misa Bide Adam mean? We'll call it death in the normal course of events. Right? A lion attack is called Misa Bidi Adam. So maybe Yaakovin was warning them about that. He was scared about that. So the Gemara says, Atu Yaakov Aha Nizhar, Aha Lo Iser. So we'll say, does it make sense that Yaakovin was only afraid of one thing, not afraid of something else? Yaakov Akol Mili Aser. I will say, Bepashtos, Yaakov is afraid of all of these things happening to me. In other words, what the Gemara is saying is, why do you define Ason in the context of Yaakov Avinu? In a limited scope of Misa Bidei Shamayim. Bepashtos, Yaakov Avinu is scared of losing his son. And how is he scared of losing his son? How is he scared of it? Both Bidei Adam and Bidei Shamayim. We'll say, the Gemara says, by the way, so we'll say, now it's a ta- this is exciting. It's a tangent on a tangent, which goes on a tangent. Right? We'll say, remember again, how did this whole sugi start? By the way, our Mishnah doesn't go according to Rabbi Nechunya ben Akana. Because Rabbi Nechunya ben Akana says that ultimately, again, Kinley with Rabbi applies even Misidi Shemayim. We're doing it from Yaakov Avinu. Let's talk about Yaakov Avinu. Yaakov Avinu was warning his sons, don't take Binyamin because I'm afraid he's going to die. Misidi Shemayim because there's a son. To which the Gemara says, one second. Tangent on the tangent on the tangent. Yaakov Avinu was only worried about Misidi Shemayim, not worried about Misidi Adam. No, Yaakov Avinu was worried about everything. Oh, by the way, by the way. Sinim upachim is misa bidei shamayim. Listen to this, I'll say, get ready. Utsinim upachim, mis bidei shamayim minhu. I will say, now here's what's interesting. Sinim upachim means a person gets sick as a result of the heat, as a result of the cold. 
Is that called Nis? And let's say a person dies as a result of that. Is that called Nisabideshamayim? Vatanya will say, get ready, get ready for this. Hakol Bideshamayim Chutz Mitsinim Upachim. Yet we learned everything is in the hands of heaven except for cold and heat. And I will say, now what does that mean? Look at Rashi. Chutz Mitsinim Upachim. Shepamim Shebam Bipshia. When it comes to the weather, you could take measures, you could take measures to avoid sickness, right? If it's very cold outside, then what? Then what? Wear a coat. Wear a coat. You don't wear a coat. You don't say, ah, oh, what are you doing to me? But what do you mean? Put on a coat. Put on a coat, right? Not everything is a theological crisis. In other words, so we'll say, so at the end of the day, the Gemara says, or, or it's too hot. It's too hot. So don't be mocked to wear your 15 pairs of tzitzis, right? So Lemaisa, again, Lemaisa, again, there are things that a person could do to ameliorate the effects of extreme weather. So the Gemara says, we say, Everything is in the hands of heaven, except for cold and for heat. The Gemara quotes the Pasuk, quotes the Pasuk, So the Gemara quotes the Pasuk from Mishlei, literally again, Cold and heat, b'derech ikesh, comes from a windy road, a twisted road. Shomer nafsho yirchak mehem. So we'll say, so Shlom is conveying a deeper idea, but for our purposes, Shomer nafsho yirchak mehem means a person who watches himself, can distance himself from the deleterious effects of these items. The point over here is that you could protect yourself against sinim upachim. So why does the Gemara call this misabidei shamayim? Just the opposite, just the opposite. This is called bide adam. So the Gemara says, I just want to point out something very interesting. If you took a look at Rashi, Rashi says over here something really incredible. Rashi, sorry, Tosis. Tosis, HaKobi Deishamayim, so much to say on this, so hopefully we're going to get to it today. Rashi says, Rashi says, so Tosa says something very interesting. What does it mean when it says, Apparently what Tosa is saying is, the elements is technically something you could protect yourself from. Now, is there the types of extreme weather from which you can protect yourself from? Of course, but we're not talking about that. We're talking about, in general, Tosis is saying, the way that the weather works is, you can always take proactive steps to ameliorate or to, or to prevent the deleterious effects of the weather. That's what it means. If you skip away to the last two lines of Tosis, Tosis says, but one second. But one second, we have another phrase in Chazal. What's the other phrase in Chazal? Everything is in the hands of heaven except for Yirashamayim. The Rebano Sha'olam controls everything, everything in this world, except for your relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. What about that phrase? In other words, here the Gemara says, Which means everything is in the hands of heaven except how you go ahead and prepare yourself for the elements, for weather. Which sounds like even Yirashamayim is in the hands of Hashem. But yet the Gemara says, So what's going on over here? To which the Gemara says, so the Gemara says, 
the Hasam Kai Alavad Bemai Imo, Shegozim Imyehe Oni O Asher Giba or Cholosh Tipe Shachacham, Avatzadik Vrashalo, Vahacham Mairi Bemaoros Habaos Ala Adam. To which Tosa says the, con- the phrases are not contradictory. They will say here the Gemara is talking about means there are things that happen in the world that I cannot control. Things that happen in the world that I cannot control. So the Gemara says, a lot of stuff happens in day-to-day life that you simply cannot control. What are the things that are absolutely in your control? How the weather impacts you. Okay, it's good to know. That's what I can control in this world. How the weather impacts me. If I overheat, if I'm not right, if I'm, if I'm too, too overdressed for the heat, to underdress for the cold, that I control. Everything else in my day-to-day life, I may not control. The Gemara Masechus Brachas that says, HaKolbi Deshei Chutz Mi about is talking about the nature of my life. In other words, or the nature of my identity. The Gemara says, if I'm rich or if I'm poor, that's in the hands of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Just like if I'm taller or if I'm short, that's in the hands of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Good-looking, not good-looking, that's in the hands of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Smart, not so smart, that's in the hands of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. The Gemara says, however, Yirashamayim, my spiritual identity, who I am as a spiritual being, that is in my own hands. So it's describing two different states. When it says, that's talking about the pre-programmed qualities of me, that's decided by Hashem with the exception of my spiritual identity. That's my choice. The Gemara here is talking about stuff that occurs in everyday life. So stuff that occurs in everyday life, that's in the hands of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. What's the one thing you control? How you relate to the weather. How you relate to the weather. So we'll say, now let's go right there. There's more to say, we're going to come back. There's much more to say, I'm going to say for the last couple minutes of this year. So the Gemara says, one second. V'su iriyah, v'gan The Gemara says, V'su aryeh, v'gan v'bideh shamayim ninu. I will say, is that true? That if a person, chas shalom dies at the hands of a lion or thieves, that's called bide adam, the boss said, get ready for this. You hear this phrase we just learned? From the day the Beis Hamikdash was destroyed. I will say, Erev Shabbos Chazon. Erev Shabbos Chazon. Two days before Tishabov. Right? Really, today is the calendrical date of Erev Tishabov. Today is the 8th of Av. The boss said, we're learning a Gemara about Churban Beis Hamikdash. Since the Beis HaMikdash was destroyed, even though we don't have a Sanhedrin, and about in the absence of a Sanhedrin, we don't have the ability to go ahead and adjudicate capital cases. Right? There's no administering or death penalty without the Sanhedrin. Listen to this. Arba Misos Lo Bitlu. I will say the four capital punishments that Basin would administer are not bottle. How so? So the Gemara says, Lo Bitlu. Ha Bitlu. What do you think about the not bottle? They are bottle. If the Sanhedrin is not in session, Sanhedrin doesn't sit, you can't administer a, a death penalty. To which the Gemara says, Ella, Amadeis, Ella, this is incredible Gemara. Did Arba Misos lo batlu? I will say what it means is that even though there is not a Beisden to go ahead and administer these death penalties, ultimately the Ribbon Shalom has different ways of administering them. For example, Mishin is Chayif Skilo. Let's say Chasashalom, someone did something, someone did something that made them subject to skila. So we'll say, how does Chesh Baruch carry out that penalty? O nofil minagag, a person will fall off a roof. O chayyud dor soso, 
or they'll be pounced on by and killed by a wild animal. They're both saying, part of skila, part of skila, Rashi explains over, look at the top, Rashi, no chlom in agag, the first part of skila is they would throw someone off a high, a high roof or a high, a high ledge. The goal was the person should die from impact. Only if they didn't die from impact would they then be stoned. So therefore, if a person did something that they're subject to skila, the devotional has different ways of carrying out skila. Person falls off a roof, or I will say, how is it being pounced on an animal? Because when an animal attacks someone, Rashi says, the animal throws the person to the ground. So you see the imagery over here is the person being thrown to the ground like skila. Mishin is chayev sreifa. If a person is chayev sreifa, o nofel bedleka, person falls into a fire, o nofash makisho, they're bitten by a snake. Because the idea over here is that the, the venom, the venom has like a burning sensation. Mishin is chayiv hariga, somebody was subject to beheading. Onim salamalachos, they're given over to the government, because often, again, historically, the monarchy would behead people. Olistim boim alav, or they're attacked by robbers. Umishin is chayiv chanek, if somebody was subject to strangulation. Otovea bahar, they drown in the water. Omeis bisruchni, bisrunchi, or they die because of srunchi. Rashi points over here, srunchi is askira, was this type of disease where the pathway constricts and a person ultimately dies of suffocation. So we'll say, what do you see from here? What do you see from here? That both a lion attack, a lion attack, and being attacked by thieves is both a form of Misa, both of them are considered to be a form of Misa Bidei Shamayim, not Misa Bidei Adam, to which the Gemara says, you're right, Ela Epoch, switch it around, Ari Began Bidei Shamayim, Sinim Upachim Bidei Adam. So we'll say, change it around, you're right, go ahead and change it to Ari and being attacked, by a lion or by thieves is a form of misabidei shamayim, but ultimately sinim upachim. Ultimately, again, is considered to be misabidei adam. They both say if you take a quick look at Tosis, Tosis says over look at Tosis din din dalad misus. Go about three four lines into Tosis. Aval kasha dechazin. Look what Tosis says. They both say kasha dechazin on kama avayonim va'ovde kochavim va'ovde avodos kochavim shemesim amitasam. So I'll say Tosis asked the million dollar question. So if there really is still a concept of Misa Bidei how can we see so many sinners die a peaceful sin? They, right, they, don't, they don't die Misa Bidei Shamayim. Right? I was about to say, this is embedded in a much more profound theological question, which is, if indeed, even though there's no Misa Bidei and there's no Sanhedrin, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu carries out Din, so then why in the world don't, we, we often don't see Din? What's the Pshat? So what's the Gutosah says? V'yishlomar, both say, get ready for this Gemara. V'yishlomar, da'ayide tshuva, ha-kadosh baruch hu mekel, u'lepamim mocha legamre, o'zuchus tolalo ve'eno nifram imeno b'chayev. So we'll say, look what Tosas answers. Tosas says, one second, how do you know who did tshuva and who didn't do tshuva? Right? You don't know what's in a person's heart. So sometimes I see someone and I say, ah, Russia, or Akum, terrible, you're subject, you should be subject to the measles condition. So it also says, you don't know who did Shuvah, you know who didn't do Shuvah. And the power of Shuvah is such that even if a person is subject to Shuvah has the ability to go ahead and turn around everything. Or sometimes a person has a particular schos, a person has a particular schos, and in the merit of that particular schos, ultimately, again, they are spared from the ravages of Misevidei Shamayim. Incredible. So the Gemara goes right there. Rava Amar Tamir Rabbi Nechunya Ben Akana Mehacha. So I'll say back to Rabbi Nechunya Ben Akana. Remember again, Rabbi Nechunya Ben Akana holds, I have one more piece that I want to share with you today, which we're going to save five minutes for. So we're going to go right there, three minutes, 
then do a piece for five minutes. Rabbi says like this. Rabbi says there's another reason for Rabbi Nechun Yibin Akana. Right? Why he holds the killing of Rabbi applies even to Misri De Shamaim. So the Gemara says, Semehacha, Vaim Halim Ya'alimu Ama Aretz Yisinei Mena Ishahu, Besidom Nizarolam Molech, Besamti Aniyaz Panay Ba'ishom Mishpachto, Bechrasi Oso. So we'll say, the Pasukah is actually talking about if you see someone going ahead and worshipping Avodah Zarah, and you don't do anything. You don't do anything. You fail to act. Sakhadosh Baruch Hu says, if you fail to act, I will act. I will literally again turn my face to this person and to his family. And I will cut him off. Amra Torah, Kareis Shali Kamisa Shalachem. So it was interesting over here, Sakhadosh Baruch Hu saying, if you don't do your job, I'll do my job. What's our job? Our job is to execute the affairs of the Zara. Because Rav says, if you don't do your job, I'll do it. I'll give kares. So the Pasuk itself is equating, is equating the punishment of Hashem to the punishment of a based din. So the Gemara says, My kares is like your Misa. Just like your Misa, there's the concept of So to my kares, ultimately, again, is Pater from Tashlumen. Incredible. My vein, Rava La'abaye. So we'll say now we have two interpretations of Rabbi Nechunya ben Atkana's Svara. So what's the chile between Rava and Abaye? To which the Gemara says, My Gemara La'abaye. Ika benayu, zar sha'achal truma. Rabbi said, good nafkamini would be the case of a non-Kohen who eats truma. Who eats truma. So Rabbi said, so remember again, if a non-Kohen eats truma, so listen to this, La'abaye Pater, According to Abaye, he'll be Pater. According to Rabbi, he'll be Chayev. Why? Look at Rashi. So say, now we're introducing something new. There's something that's called Misa Bide Shamayim. Now we'll say, we often use the terms Misa Bide Shamayim and Kares synonymously. But in fact, they're two different things. Misa Bide Shamayim means exactly that death at the hands of heaven. Who does it affect? The perpetrator. Kharis is a more severe penalty. Kharis affects the perpetrator and also potentially Chasashalm affects his children. His children. If a non Kohen, a Zar, purposely eats Truma, he is subject to Misa Bide Shamayim, but not Kharis. Not Kharis. So watch this, Rabbi According to Abaye, Abaye says, Abaye, Abaye's Lashon of Ason, Ason includes Kharis and Misa Bide Shamayim. Therefore, according to Abaye, or Abaye's interpretation, applies to both Kareis and Misvidi Shemayim. Whereas according to Rava, according to Rava, ultimately again, only applies to Kareis, doesn't apply to Misvidi Shemayim. So the Gemara Abaye, Pater, is that true that according to Abaye, you'll be Pater? Bahamar Avchista Modra Mnechuni Benakana, Begonev Chelbo Shachavera Vaachlo, Mnechuni Benakana holds that if you steal the Chelab of your friend, and you eat it, so almost you've done two things. You've done an act of theft, and now you've eaten chaylev, which is also subject to kares. Shuchayiv, shekvar nischayiv, begneva kodem sheba lidei iser chaylev. And I will say, that's not a case of kimli midrabine. Why? Kimli midrabine only applies when? Only applies when? When there's simultaneity. But over here, you stole, and then you ate. So you're going to be chayiv both. I'm sorry, the moment that you pick it up, you acquire it, therefore that's theft. 
but you're not liable for chilev consumption until when? Until when? Until you eat it. Says like in Ramine, Hachinami be idna da agbe kanye, mischaiben afsho, lo havi ad achile. So to Rebosai, by the case of the non Kohen who goes ahead and eats truma, why don't we say the same thing? That Allah said, the moment you picked it up, that's when you're chayyid for theft. But the actual liability for truma consumption doesn't occur until when? Doesn't occur until when? Until you eat it. So I'm saying, I'm going to leave you in the middle of this round. We're going to pick up with this tomorrow, Mirza Hashem. So I'm leaving a bit off the cliffhanger because I have to share with you something that is mamish life altering. So I will say, there, there is an incredible. So again, so I know, I apologize. I'm stopping literally right in the middle of this. So again, we're stopping in the middle of the, uh, the nafkamina between Abayi and Rabba in their interpretations, ultimately of Rabbi Yechunya ben Akana. I'm leaving you on this cliffhanger. We'll come back. I promise we'll get resolution tomorrow. So I will say, let me use the last three minutes for a beautiful idea. So remember again, we saw we saw the concept of Everything is in the hands of heaven except for tzinim upachim. Literally again, cold, right? Heat and cold, heat and cold. So I will say, remember again, Tolstus asked, Tolstus asked, but what about the Gemara that says So Tolstus gave an interesting answer. Right? What was Tolstus's approach? Two different things. So two different things, not contradictory. So I was saying, in the Sefer Bina Le'itim, so I saw this quoted in the, in the Kerem Shlomo, he says something amazing. I was say, listen to this. He says, Shlomo HaMelech says, upa-, and it's based on the Pasek, upachim A person should distance himself from Tzinim Upachim. So I was saying, so the, so, so the Bina Le'itim says, what is Shlomo trying to teach us? Right, Shlomach was like a Jewish mother, right? Go out with your coat, right? Make sure you take your coat, don't go out, don't go out with wet hair. Like, what, what, what is, Shlomach needs to, this is like the, the extent of Solomonic wisdom that be careful of cold and hot heat, heat and cold weather. So what is Shlomach trying to give you? I said, listen to this, listen to this. I said, I get ready for this. The Torah contains positive commandments and prohibitions. The mitzvahs I say, I will say, when it comes to mitzvahs, I say, what's my obligation? You need chamimos, heat, and hislavos, and excitement. Because to do a mitzvahs, I say, you have to move yourself. You need inertia, right? In order to move myself to perform positive commandments, there has to be a heat, right? I have to be hot. I have to have hislavos. I have to have an excitement, However, for prohibitions, I will say, what do you need? You need to be cold, right? Because for prohibitions, what do you need to do? Cool down in action. In action. So I will say, but what happens in life? What happens in life? Get ready for this. What happens, like Rabbi saying? Often, I get my hot cold settings mixed up. See, Rabbi said the way it's supposed to work is the hot setting, right? The heat, the hislavos, the excitement, the zrizos, that has to go towards mitzvos. That's where my heat setting needs to be. The cold setting needs to go towards mitzvos. Losa, say, Averis, cool down, cool down. Don't do. The Yitzhahara often gets me to mix up my settings. So suddenly again, I will say, when it comes to things I have to do, I'm cool. I'm cool. I'm laid back. I'm lackadaisical. I'm unexcited, uninspired. 
there's no zrizos. Conversely, conversely, but when it comes to doing an Avera, I'm on it. Right? I'm, I'm all in. I'm all in and there's an excitement and there's a hislavos and I move myself to do it. So they will say, this becomes the avoda in life. Because of the time I'll just say the rest outside. So the Karim Shlomo says something so beautiful. He says, He says, this is what it means when we say, They will say, everything is up to you. Everything is in the hands of heaven, except for how you use your cold and your hot settings in life. What I determine is my personalistic spiritual temperature. When it comes to the performance of mitzvahs, when it comes to serving HaKadosh Baruch Hu, how do I do it? Do I do it laid back, lackadaisical, without zrizos, the cold setting? Am I the tzina? Am I the cold Jew? Or am I parachim Jew? Am I hot? Am I excited? When it comes to avoiding averus, or when it comes to averus, am I using my cold setting? Or my heart setting, Hakol Bidei Shamayim Chutz Mitzinim Upachim teaches me that Halacha Lemaisa, at the end of the day, everything is in the hands of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, except how you use your cold and hot settings in life. What do you get excited about? What do you use your resources for? And conversely, when are you laid back, dispassionate, and disinterested? And by the way, according to this approach, it's not a contradiction, it's the same thing. Is the same exact teaching of Chazal. And I both say we learn this in the same line that says, Because I both say one of the ways in which we will to get our beloved Mikdash back is to go ahead and regulate our Tzilim Upachim settings. Is to begin to use that incredible Zrizos and that incredible Hislavos. For all the right things and stop using it, chas for things which derail us in life. Rabbi Osai, Shkayach and good chance.